and, uh, and uh, you know, played a stringed instrument. Uh, some say it was a harp. Some say that really means guitar, a stringed instrument. And uh, he, uh, he would play, and he would sing, and he'd write. Um, I, uh, I, when we were uh, over in Italy, I, uh, we went to our first couple services and this guy came up with a guitar. I looked at Jen, I'm like, I gotta have a guitar, you know? So like for the next year and a half, I'm like, I want a guitar, but I like, I'm in Italy, you know, we were pretty poor. So I was like, that's probably not going to happen. So, uh, and, uh, a friend of mine there, you know, I just kind of studied what he was doing. I had no idea what he was doing, you know, but I was just like, I want to play a guitar. I want to be able to express the you know, worship by strumming this thing with six strings and trying to sing with it. And uh, we flew back from Italy. And, and uh, the day we uh, left Italy and we flew into um, uh, Spokane, Washington to Fairchild Air Force Base, uh, Jen had just gotten orders there. And uh, um, we are, are landing there and we stayed in uh, the temporary on-base housing uh, for the night. And the first thing that came up the next morning I'm like and I've told you this before sorry for the repeat as soon as we got up say like, what do you want to do today I'm like buy a guitar <laughs> so I bought this $150 guitar it's like rated right like in my financial wheelhouse but there's something about a guitar and how it plays and 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 this will this kind of plays in these are psalms we're studying songs that David wrote right and um, I got this guitar and I hated it <laughs> I was like this is really cool but there's something called action, and that's the space between your strings. See, guitar players, right, are all starting to laugh. There's something called action, and that's your your string, how far uh, the string is away from your fretboard. Mine felt that like it was three inches away. I'm like trying to, and it, that makes uh, your playability and your ability to say, you know, you, you know, right, uh, your ability to transition everything. And it was a $150 guitar, which means from a pawn shop, it was probably a $100 guitar. And they jacked it up to some unsuspecting person who didn't know what to do. So then I bought another guitar, and then I had another guitar given to me. And I played that here forever. And then I bought this one when that one had too many surgeries because things are breaking off it and those things. Um, you know, I, I say all this because we're getting to study the songs that David wrote. He was a gifted songwriter. It was a gift from the Lord. It's a gift I don't think I ever, I, I don't have, but I pray for because I, there's always things inside my mind, but trying to write them down, it never comes to fruition. I'll write like one, one um, uh, verse of a song and maybe like half the chorus and then I'll forget all about it and I'll go through my phone notes and I got all these like quarter written songs and I don't know what to do with them. Uh, but David was a blessed musician. And uh, he, he would write about what was going on and he would play songs. And sometimes he'd write them and, and tell the musicians to put music to it. And he'd tell them what music to put to it. Music is a very complicated thing, uh, but it can also be very simple as soon as you have a basic understanding. So David would write down these things and he would give it to uh, the musicians and say, put music to this. And I want it to sound like this. And so they would be blessed by these things. And, and here we are, we get a chance to study what was moving so powerfully in his heart that he put pen to paper and was able to share with them or quill to bark, I don't know, <laughs> right, to scroll, and then he would bring it to them, right? And, uh, and, and, and we get to read and we get to study. But what he was pouring out in his heart uh, was, was also scripture. It was also canon, it became canonized scripture for us to study, uh, and, uh, and it's part of the complete word of God.
So uh, as we study through here, understand these were written from a man that was sometimes overwhelmed uh, with gratitude or, or guilt and shame or uh, was uh, just under constant attack. Or There are all kinds of things that we read. So when they seem like they may be saying the same thing, the guy had some problems in his life. Some were self-inflicted, others were others-inflicted, but that's what we're looking at. So that was a really long intro. It didn't mean it to be, but um, it's, it is where we're at. So Psalm 55, uh, the subtitle in mine, or the title over it says, Trust in God Concerning the Treachery of Friends. So that's setting the tone of who he's writing about, what's the, what's the situation David was dealing with. It, it says, To the chief musician... With stringed instruments, a contemplation of David. So as he's contemplating things, he writes these words down, gives them to the chief musician and says, hey, why don't you take these and and put some music to them? So uh, verse 1 says, give your ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they brought, uh, for they bring down trouble upon me, and in wrath they hate me. So uh, it's a familiar crying to the Lord when David is crying out, saying that people are against him. Uh, but he's saying here, he's asking the Lord to give ear. Notice he's going to the Lord. He's not going, hey, I got to get a bunch of friends together. I've got to do uh, this. I got to get this. You know, these people here and everything. He goes to where his he knows where the help comes from, and that's from the Lord. And he's asking the Lord to give ear and not to hide his face from his supplication. That that crying out, I'm making a request known to you. You know, attend to me, God. God, pay attention to me. Please hear me. This is a a um, a heartfelt cry to God. Uh, that he would hear uh, the cry of his son. And if you look why, he says, um, I am restless in my complaint and moan noisily. Restless, that means he's not sleeping well. And uh, when he is sleeping, he's probably dreaming about uh, this treachery of a friend. And uh, it's, 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 you guys have been through that, right? You guys ever been through something where someone very close to you has wronged you? And you've been in that situation and it's, overtaken your mind and uh, he's not sleeping he's crying out to the Lord he knows that this man not only wronged him but this man is trying to kill him <coughs> excuse me so he's crying out to the Lord verse 3 because of the voice of my enemy because of the oppression of the wicked for they bring down trouble upon me and in wrath they hate me I mean that's that's quite an, an obstacle to face um, I, I have uh, often heard uh, um, just on the radio scanning through or, you know, songs that are popular or whatever. And I'm going, oh, my goodness, it's the same song sung by a different person. And it's all woe is me uh, about, you know, uh, an ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend. And I'm like, my goodness, can we can we write about something else? You know, it's it's those things of, uh, you know, maybe there's something about you that needs to change. But I, I don't know. But but when when this man is going through so much and he's writing here, this is heavy. He says, because of the voice of my enemy. That that means what my enemy is saying. You know, what he's saying, and maybe even hearing that voice. You know, someone who was known dear to him had become his enemy. Verse 4, my heart is severely pained within me, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. That's a crazy uh, place to be. 
you know, to uh, severe pain and terrors of death have fallen upon me. You know, being faced, uh, you know, what that makes me think of is something like D-Day. You know, think about D-Day. You ever seen the pictures of those guys and those boats just driving forward and they've got arsenals pointed right at them? And, and just, just think of what's coming their way. As soon as that shield went down, many of them got mowed. You guys uh, have seen um, Saving Private Ryan, if you've seen that. That what they were facing, you know, when they would go and uh, I mean, that shield came down and they were going into uh, just I was going to say sudden death, but uh, uh, sure death was was there. I mean, they had a few things to hide behind bodies, you know, just just think of what they were facing, that terror that they but they had to put that aside to survive. You panic, you're dead. You know, they had to keep the mindset. So what does David do as, as he's feeling these things? He goes to the Lord with this. Severely pained, his heart was severely pained within him, and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. You know, this is, you know, David was going through some crazy stuff in his life. And uh, this, this, this type of um, fearfulness, it says in verse 5, fearfulness and trembling that he's dealing with have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Uh, and it uh, goes on into, oh, so uh, just for uh, four and five, my heart is severely pained within me and terrors of death have fallen upon me. Faithfulness and, uh, sorry, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. This is an awful place to be. This is, this is, and this is, he's talking about, I know I mentioned D-Day and, and that, all those things. He's talking about what's going on in his, in his head, what's going on in his life, in his heart. Is all of this, and and this is all he can think of. And just think of the paranoia of the attack, uh, of what is going on, and to to be betrayed by uh, a, a a friend that has uh, committed uh, treachery. And uh, he's uh, this is awful to think of. This is a heavy mindset for him just to be pouring out. You know, severely pained, terrors of death. You know, fearfulness and trembling, horror has overwhelmed me. This is that's a that's an awful place to be. May have been there. Any of us may have been there. Maybe not physically. Maybe we've been there in our minds. You know that that I I don't even know if I'm going to survive this. You know this this uh, circumstance I'm going through has overwhelmed me, and I don't know if I can make it through. Go to the Lord. That's what David is doing. He's crying out to God. He knew where his help came from, as I said earlier. Verse 6, so I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would chasten, I would hasten my escape for the wind, uh, from the windy storm and the tempest. That desire to flee, to get away from those problems. Right. I whatever this this was a uh, an attack on David's life. And uh, he just was like, you know what, if I was just a dove and he just wanted to be a bird and just get away. You know, I wish and, and no doubt my in my mind, David looked at a dove, you know, as he's writing down. I, I, I believe personally, David looked up, sees a dove. He's like, ah, I just am envious of that dove. I just want the wings and I want to fly into the wilderness. I just want to be away from everything and everybody and just meditate on the Lord. 
I want to be able to be there. Uh, you know, when there are times uh, in our lives when we're facing that, my encouragement is we cannot just run away from the problem, but we can in our hearts run to God. You know, because when there's a problem that needs to be dealt with, running into the woods and abandoning everything, yes, if your life's being sought, go hide somewhere, right? But the ability to just have a hiding place that we can go to the Lord and just say, God, I want to be in, you know, in, under the shelter of your wing. Please pull me in and save me and keep me safe here in your presence. As we do that and we remain there, God will renew our strength. Right? Isaiah 40, right? Um, that we can just be there and trust in the Lord and ask him, uh, to Lord, you know the battle. You know the war that's raging in my mind. I need your deliverance. I need your strength. You know, we we aren't going to grow wings, unfortunately. You know, I, I wish I could fly. I don't know what you guys it would be awesome to fly, but we're not going to grow wings. We're not. So our way to fly away from anything is to get alone with the Lord. Grab your Bible. If you need to, go hike a mountain. Go sit next to water. Just get to a quiet place, <clears throat> spend time with the Lord, be praying, asking him to help. And he's the one that's going to calm our minds. He's going to be the one to give us the strength that we need. You know, those that says here, I would hasten my escape uh, from the windy storm and tempest. We can't uh, fly out of a storm, you know, but asking God, Lord, help me to fly above that with you. You know, that that storm would be raging underneath me or away from me that I can just focus on you and, and walk in the strength uh, that you give me. Verse 9, destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues, for I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around on its walls. Iniquity and trouble are also in the midst of it. Destruction is in its midst. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its street. That's a place I do not want to be. Um, destruction, oppression, deceit, that's a recipe for disaster right there. And it doesn't depart from the streets. That's a, a place physically we don't want to be. You guys ever been to a bad place and know you're in a bad place? Like, I don't know where I am, but I know what I see here, and I know I should not be here. That's a panic. My uh, my uh, friend David Lehman and I were uh, one year we went down to Laconia Bike Week uh, and we were staying in a, a town called Tamworth, uh, New Hampshire. And uh, we had some friends that had moved uh, south and they were in Massachusetts and we were trying to connect with them, go hang out for the weekend. And uh, we get lost. We drive from New Hampshire to Massachusetts. We're kind of lost and we call his stepfather, Kyle. Do you guys know Kyle Roberts? Big, scary-looking dude. He's the nicest, you know, he's been called the toughest sissy you'll ever meet. If you know Kyle, he's Jack. He's a big dude. He's got scars in his head from breaking his neck, and he's had to wear the halo and tattooed all over. He used to be a bodybuilder. You look at him, and, and you're, he's an intimidating physical figure. But once you get to know him, his heart is so tender. He loves the Lord, loves people and everything. Um, but he was also in that, that day a rough dude. He's hanging out with biker gangs like the Diablos and like the Hells Angels, which are clash against each other. But Kyle was such a good dude. He was friends with both somehow. OK, so he 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 knows to be in a bad place, good place or whatever. We call him and we tell him where we were. And I think we ended up in Ruxbury, Massachusetts. If you don't know Ruxbury, don't go there. It's a bad place, right? There, there are places to go. We called it. I think we might have been in Ruxbury. We're, we're calling him from a payphone. Yes, it was that long ago. We were teenagers, right? I don't even know if those exist anymore. 
we're there and we call and we say, we're here. He goes, you're where? He goes, you guys need to get the car and get out of here. They will eat you alive. Those are the words he said. They will eat you alive down there. We're just two little skinny punks from Maine, you know, going down there trying to find some friends to hang out with. And he's like, they will eat you alive. Get out of there. It's a bad place to be. David is describing this place, you know, that the, the iniquity and trouble are also in the midst. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's going to be a place you do not want to be. And when we heard that, we were scared. We get in the car. We just start driving, trying to find the interstate, get north, you know. And, and uh, we, we knew we were in a bad place. But when we're in uh, the bad place spiritually, we can cry out to God and say, there's craziness all around me. I need your calm. I need your peace to guard my heart and mind, Lord. I need your strength. Shifts gears here in verse 12. He says, for it is not an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, uh, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. Yeah, that, that, that's heartbreaking to read that, isn't it? That he's like, you know what? If it was an enemy, then I could bear it. He's saying, what he's saying is, because it's not an enemy, I can't bear this. So if you look on the opposite of what he's writing, right? If it was an enemy, yeah, I'd get it. But this is somebody that I had deep fellowship with, that I, I worshiped the Lord together with. He says, nor is it one who hates me, uh, who exalts himself against me. Then I could hide from him. You know, if it's someone who hated me, I could just go and hide. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion and my acquaintance who took sweet counsel. Look at that. Look at verse 14. It's a deep, it's just such a, a deep verse. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. I mean, that's a powerful thing. So when we consider what we're reading, this is deep wound, a deep wound in David's heart. His heart's been ripped out by a friend, close friend, somebody who he knew very well. And he's just saying, you know what, if this, I wish it was an enemy, but because it isn't, here, here I am. I can't bear this. And it's just a, just heartbreaking to read that. You know, that sweet fellowship and brotherhood. And guys, there have been times that I've heard of, and, and we've witnessed it here in this church. We've seen the effects of, of a church split years ago. And, and what that does, how it rips the heart apart. I remember, um, uh, this is a pretty personal thing to share, but I remember just coming to church, Jen and I, and we're just like, and not because we hated the church, it's like, I don't, I don't want to go. And it's not that we didn't want to be here. It's not because we weren't going to have sweet fellowship and lift our voices and hearts. It was because when we get here, we're going to be reminded of the people that, that weren't here. You know, this is a hard thing to share. You know, here I am. I just realized we're broadcasting this, but it's a it's a hard thing to go through, where you realize, wait a minute, all those friends that we and it was just gut wrenching, literally turning our stomach. Like I don't even want to eat. You know that that turmoil that but but the Lord through time and His faithfulness healed and He, he just strengthened and He's uh, just continued to build this fellowship. 
And uh, as we rebuilt, just trusting him, we didn't change anything. There wasn't this big departure of, well, now we got to go put some, you know, advertisements out. We got to change this and that. No, we trust the Lord. We saw his face. We continued to praise him and to read the word of God together and to pray together. And the Lord brought restoration. But man, was it hard. And may it never happen here again. You know, that was that was tough. That was hard. But, uh, uh, you know, trusted God and worked through it. Verse 15. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. <laughs> that's, a, that's quite a quite a statement here. Right. Uh, for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. I mean, that's quite a statement. You know, that that the wrong that was done was deliberate and uh, that David would say, you know, he, he didn't he wasn't praying for uh, mercy for them or peace or, or grace. He did him great harm. And and uh, David understood the Lord. David uh, knew that these people were uh, wicked inside their own heart. Wicked is in their dwellings. And among them, wickedness, I should say. Look at the opposite, verse 16. As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. This is speaking of a confidence David had. He doesn't say, I hope God will hear me. You know, they, there were times where he's like, God, do you hear me? God, are you listening? But David knew uh, that, that God was going to take him through. And there were times where he'd write and pour his heart out and just be like, you've turned your face. You know, sometimes David had a, a proper uh, mindset here. As for me, and I have that underlined. I didn't. This must have been years ago. As for me, I have that underlined in my Bible. I will call upon the Lord and the Lord shall save. You know, if we have that approach with what we're facing, say, you know, how I'm going to face this is seeking God. And I, I have to just go to him and cry out. Look, look at what he says. This is a constant crying out in the evening, in the morning and at noon. What he's saying is, is all day long I'm crying out to God uh, and he shall hear my voice. He'll hear my voice. So I know as I'm crying out, the Lord is hearing, you know, our circumstances and our enemy will whisper, God's not listening. You're helpless. You're hopeless. Why are you even grabbing your Bible? You know, you don't need that thing. Well, look where that thing got you, right? Don't listen to that voice. We have to listen to the voice of our Father calling us. To, God, we're, God's never going to tell us to not be in his word, right? He's never going to be like, don't be in the Bible. You know, he's going to draw us to his word because that's where we get our strength. That's where we're going to be ministered. We can open up to a page like this and a time like this. And Lord, the Lord's going to speak to us and and uh, help us to know, you know what? Just look upward and cry out to him with your heart. And he's going to to uh, to save us, as he says here. Verse 18, he has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many against me. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from of old, because they do not change. They do, uh, therefore, they do not fear God. So uh, when you consider verses 18 and 19, uh, we're, we're looking at opposites. God is the strength of those who honor and seek him, 
and those that will not change, therefore, uh, and, and they don't fear God. It says uh, that God will uh, hear the, our cries and afflict them, um, uh, even God who abides from of old, because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. That's a, a bad place to be without a, with the fear of the Lord. Uh, I know uh, almost every single person in here. Uh, and I know how serious you are about your studies of the scripture and, and knowing the Lord and, and uh, that, that fear of God. Um, I don't know about you, but I know of a lot of people that have absolutely no fear of God in their lives. Nothing. At least that's what they show. No fear of God in their lives. And that fear, yes, we should have a felt healthy fear of God that he could and he has the power to strike us dead. You know, he desires to have a, a, a you know, father-son, father-daughter relationship with us. Absolutely. But we need to understand how great he is and how powerful he is. You know, if we take a what's up, brother, uh, approach to, you know, with God, we need to understand the holy God that we approach, you know, and, and coming to him. Yes, our best friend. Yes, our father, our counselor, the one that we can go to with anything. But he's also God who created the, the world, created the universe, everything. And the, the scriptures say that he, with the span of his hand, he created everything. That's a mighty God and one that loves us so much that he knows us better than we know ourselves. I mean, that's, uh, we should have a fear of God. Uh, in our in our lives that and, and that fear that he could end our lives. That's that's an appropriate fear to have of him. You know, hopefully as we grow that uh, that's going to be a, a respect for him and, and, and a reverence for him. Uh, but where we're not walking around just afraid that, oh, I just thought this. Oh, I just said this and waiting for the lightning bolt to come. But a respect for who he is. But also as our as a relationship grows with him, our love grows. And then I, there was a, a brother that was here years ago. He moved out of state, but he he would he was just sharing. He's like, you know what? My prayer life is all day long. He's like, I just wake up, say good morning to the Lord, and I just go through the day talking to God. Just talk to him all throughout the day. And when I go to bed, I just lay my head on the pillow and say good night, Lord. You know, that's living a life of prayer. You know, sometimes we have the opportunity to lock ourselves in a closet. That's, that's biblical. We should. But his locking himself in the closet was just waking up in the morning and talking to God all day long. You know, it wasn't this like, okay, I got my God compartment here and I got my music compartment here and I've got this. He's just all day long just talking to the Lord. And that just, I thought of that and I'm like, that's amazing. You know, but so simple, right? That's the relationship the Lord wants uh, us to have with him. Verse 20, he has put forth his hands against those uh, who were at peace with him. He's talking about the, the man that had committed uh, treachery. Uh, uh, he has broken uh, his covenant. The words of his mouth, look at this, were smoother than butter, uh, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn sword, uh, swords. Smoother than butter, right? Especially here in Maine, we kind of understand smooth butter, right? You warm it up a little bit. And for us, we melt butter all together, don't we? You know, we you know, put it all over our lobster, right? Or put our lobster in the butter. We were just talking about that today. Um, and uh, just, I've got a friend from Vermont that when he eats, eats uh, lobster, he will, 
If he's eating four lobster, he'll completely shuck the whole lobster. And he'll have a stack of meat in front of him, right? He'll have this lobster, and then he'll take like three sticks of butter. And he'll melt them all down, and while that butter is still, as he says, piping hot, okay? Uh, piping hot. And you'll meet uh, Reggie and Trudy. They're supposed to be here in, what, two weeks, I think? Um and uh, you can tell him, hey, I heard all about you eating eating lobster, okay? But uh, when he, he says when that butter's piping hot, he takes all his lobster meat and throws it in the butter, okay? And he takes it out. That smoothness, right? You take that smooth butter and you pour it out, and it, it just it, it works, right? What he's saying about this guy here is he's saying that his words, uh, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter. You wouldn't. He's the sweetest talking guy. You know, he's, he is good with his, his, his words, and he will get you to trust him. But it says here, but war is in his heart. He'll say what, you want, what he wants you to hear. He'll catch you in a trap verbally is what he's saying here. He's very smooth in his delivery uh, because he wants to trick you. And once he's tricked you, that's what, and, and look what he says here. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. You only draw a sword for a specific reason, and that's to kill somebody, right? Now, you don't just draw a sword to show it. What he's saying is, is I'm going to give you soft words, soft like oil, so you're not, you're not suspecting it, then I'm going to attack. An attack in a lethal way, one that would, would kill your faith or, or take your life in, in this instance. He's saying you would have never seen it coming. He's a smooth talker. He's able to make you think everything, all's great, all's well, as he's about to draw his sword and kill you. I mean, that's, that's a powerful statement. Verse 22. So when we read through there here, uh, as we've read so far in these 21 verses, uh, there, there are times you can see what he was dealing with and how he, uh, you know, all this, this hopelessness and this struggle that was happening uh, uh, outside and that was causing this, uh, this uh, great disturbance inside his heart. But then he'd know and the Lord would remind him to pour his heart out to the Lord. Look at verse 22. This is a key. Uh, understand this verse. Remember this verse. Write it down. Get it tattooed on your arm. I'm not telling anybody to go get a tattoo. But if you're going to get one, uh, Psalm 52, 22, 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So if you're looking for a cool tattoo, that would be one. Like I said, I'm not telling anybody to go get a tattoo. Uh, because I think you could probably get in trouble for that. But if you're looking for one, right there, Psalm 55, verse 22. More important than a tattoo, let it be tattooed on your heart and in your mind, right? Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Guys, we saw the righteous being, uh, I mean, just look through. Look at the book of Daniel. You know, think of, of what Daniel faced. You know, when, when Daniel had every all the other rulers in the land set him up because they knew where he would be, where he'd be praising the Lord and where he'd be seeking God in prayer. And they said, yep, uh, let's get a let's get something written uh, here, a decree written and uh, we'll have the king sign it and everything. And once he's written it, it's law and he can't even go back on it. Then we're going to catch David praying to God and then we're going to bring him here. And he had to at that point stand in front of the king. Guilty, guilty of the law that they tricked him, the, the king, into signing. And the king knew that he had, he had been duped by these guys. So he got fed to lions. But God saved his life and shut up the mouth of lions, right? Think of that. I mean, that's intense. Think of his buddies, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
you can play that harp, you can play the, the LARP or whatever it was, the harp LARP in instrument they were playing. When you hear the sound, when you hear the sound, everybody's going to bow down. Third day song. Uh, is it Never Bow Down? Uh, that's a great song. Uh, it's on their Time album. I don't get any royalties or anything that. You want a song? That's a good song. Call us all around to show us what you've, ma all, what you've made. Command us all to fall when the music starts to play. Everyone else is going to do it, but we're, you know, it's, it's, it's a great song. You want, and uh, you guys have heard me say this several times. Songs that, that speak of scripture and, and, uh, or are scripture, those are the best ones because we're, we're learning as we're singing them. But that, that, uh, that ability that as we're, uh, as we're going through those crazy times, we can remember a psalm, uh, a verse like this in Psalm 55. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. We can stand steadfast in the Lord, in our faith, with resolve in our heart, I'm not moving. I'm, I'm, I've made a resolve. I, I, I'm standing here with the Lord, and God is going to carry us. First Peter 5, um, I can't even read my own note. I think it's 5, 7. Uh, it says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I think it's 5, 7. First uh, um, Peter 5, uh, verses seven, verse 7 or 9. 7? Yeah, I can't. I I don't even have my uh, my note says nine, and I'm like, that's not right. It's seven, but my note says nine because I was I have second grade penmanship. So verse twenty three, but you, O God, shall bring them down to the pit of destruction. Bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Hey, what he's saying is, God, these are your guys, your men to deal with. I know that based on what I've experienced in my life is what David's saying. Their, their days are going to be bad, right? You know, uh, that that as they're surrounding themselves, you know, think of when, when, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword type thing, right? If that's the way you're going to live your life and, and you're setting people up, you're going to surround your people with, with the same, uh, that with the same mindset and they'll do it to you. What David's saying is then they've got to face you, Lord. I'm just laying this at your feet and I ask you to take care of it. The blessedness of living with him, and, and they are going to uh, experience the opposite. Psalm 56. You know, when we are looking at something like Psalm 56, the subtitle of mine says, Prayer for Relief from Tormentors. You know, answers are found for every trial and hurt and emotion in the scriptures. So, as it's another thing. That as we're studying through, David is is um, going to the Lord. Now, this one specifically is one that he wrote down, and we we read of this last week uh, in uh, when we kind of referenced it and we went and and turned to it. But First uh, uh, Samuel uh, twenty one verses ten through fifteen, where David uh, running away from Saul runs to the Philistines, and he goes where it says here uh, um, where he was uh, captured. Uh, where they had captured him in Gath. They, he was under their control in Gath. So David's writing this. David's faking um, that he's a madman, right? We talked about it like he's spitting all over himself and drooling all over himself. The king's like, get this guy out of here. So there are two psalms that you can tie to that, Psalm 34 and Psalm 56, that after he got out of that, um, uh, he wrote Psalm 34 as an expression of praise. Uh, but as he was there in the moment, uh, this is where this one came from. Verse, uh, uh, so it says, To the chief musician, set to the silent dove in distant lands, 
a mictum of David uh, uh, when the Philistines captured him in Gath. So verse 1 says, Be merciful uh, to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for uh, there are many who fight against me, O Most High. So this is another one of David crying out to God and asking, if you look at verse 1, for God to be merciful. God, be merciful to me. Uh, we might pray for travel mercies before we get on a plane or we're driving a long distance or whatever. Uh, we're asking for God's mercy. Here's another situation where David knows that these men around him would just love to take him out. But he's acting crazy and everything, but in his heart he's saying, God, please cover me in your mercy. Verse 3. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. I mean, these, that's a, another powerful couple verses here. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. There's a note for us. When we're afraid, going through uh, the struggles. Guys, a lot of the struggles uh, that we, especially in this day, uh, depression and anxiety are a real thing. They really are, you know, and uh, that when uh, we go through a situation, when we understand that depression, anxiety will swallow us whole if we lose sight of who God is. They will. Those things uh, will will uh, just, you know what, I'm depressed. Go to God with it. You know what, this, this situation I'm dealing with is depressing. Go to God with it. You know, I'm anxious about this. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, right? Be anxious for nothing, right? But in all things, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. And what does it say then? Let our requests be made known to God. And, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We are going to face things that, that can make us, uh, you know, anxious. We find ourselves depressed, go to the Lord and say, Lord, why am I depressed? What am I doing? You know, command our soul to praise God. You know, this circumstance is, is overwhelming me. Praise the Lord. We sing that song in here, don't we? You know, bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's a command. You know, I, I'm going to tell, I, I don't want to, but I'm going to crank up the music and I'm going to sing praise music. You know, I've, I've witnessed brothers and sisters just say, you know what? I was overwhelmed by this. I was drawn down by this. And what does God do? Bring us to a place of worship and blesses us. I see something up there. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. I mean, that's quite a statement. And God, I will uh, praise in his word, verse 4, um, praise his word. Uh, in God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. When we realize that the most men can do to us is kill us, and we reconcile that in our hearts and know, okay, so you're just going to send me to God. Okay. You know, look at the boldness, guys. We're in our study in, in Acts. You know, look at the boldness of Stephen, right? He's standing up and he is preaching the bark off the religious leaders that have put him on trial. And they're like, we want, you know, he gets his chance and he just read all of Acts 7. Right. And he's just boom, 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 hitting all those points. No fear of what they can do to him. Absolutely. No fear. He's even as he's being stoned to death. 
What does he say? He's praying. He's like, I can see God. And he prays an intercessory prayer for those that are killing. That's the mindset that comes from somebody who's put their faith completely and, and, and has no fear of man. You know, the fear of man is, is, is a snare, right? That's gonna, that, that will catch us right up. But we need to trust in the Lord. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? I love that. Uh, verse 5. All day they twist my words. All their, uh, all their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together. They, uh, they hide. They mark my steps. Uh, while uh, When they lie and wait for my life. Shall they escape by uh, iniquity? In anger, cast down the peoples, O God. What he's saying here is they can wait, they can do all these things, but God, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of this for me. That there are too many for me to deal with. There's too much going on in my life, God. Uh, there's too much going on. I just need you to take care of this situation. Lay it at his feet and keep moving. That's It's so important for us because... Like I just shared, that that anxiety. Somebody just when we face things, and it's making us so anxious, and it will literally cause us to stop in our tracks. We won't sleep. We won't eat. I've been there. I I, I can speak from experience. I have been there where I couldn't I couldn't sit down, guys. I could not sit. I, my body would not sit. And this was for weeks at a time. This was for weeks at a time. I can't sit. I can't eat. Poor Jen, putting up with me. Than that, and I would just, I, I would just cry out to the Lord and keep crying out to, and He delivered me from that. But man, was that tough! The, the hardest part of my life. That was the hardest thing. Driving to work, praise songs on, just tears coming down my eyes. You know, and I'm going, "What is wrong with me? Can't sleep at night. Waking up sweating. I don't know if you, any of you guys have been there. If you're there, I can tell you, I've been there. Continue to cry out to the Lord. Don't give up in that circumstance." Just trust him and walk through that fire. Say, Lord, I have no idea what's going on here, but I need, I just need to lay this and trust that you're going to take care of this. As David wrote in verse 7, show so they escape by iniquity and anger cast down the peoples, O God. It's that situation like, God, you're going to take care of this. Whatever circumstance we're dealing with, lay it at God's feet and move forward. Verse 8, you number my wanderings, put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? <laughs> That's a powerful thing to read by itself, isn't it? You number my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? <clears throat> now, Malachi 3.16, I'm just going to turn there. and um, She's got lightning fingers and she'll have that up there. Um, before I even uh, turn to it. But I wanted to share a scripture with you. Um, Malachi 3.16. One of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Is that already up there? Those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard. Guys, you realize that's us? That we fear the Lord, that we would speak to one another. Sorry for anybody who heard that. That was really loud for them. Um, I hit the little mic on there. Greg and Jen tell us that's really loud. 
So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. That's a powerful verse. So when you're looking here at verse 8 where it says, you number my wanderings, put my tears into your... That means the Lord knows the tears that we shed. And God knows how to deal with those. You know, wipe away every tear. You know, as Revelation says. Wipe away every tear. Are they not in your book? You know, God doesn't forget us. He knows every experience, we, every emotion we experience, everything that we go through. Uh, it's uh, all a matter of record. Just like we just read in Malachi 3.16. Verse 9, when I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. <laughs> right? This I know. He's not saying this I, I think. David is, is saying this I know. There's a peace in David's heart when he says this. This I know because God is for me. In God I will praise his word. In the Lord I will praise his word. You know, that's like an echo there. In God, I will praise his word. Uh, in the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Very similar to what we uh, just read further up. You know, I'm going to put my trust in, in the Lord, and there's not, what am I going to fear uh, that man could do to me? Verse 12, vows uh, made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you, for you have uh, delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from failing? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. I, I like that here. Uh, you have delivered my soul from death. And then there's the, the, the question here that's a statement. Uh, have you not kept my feet from failing? I don't know if that's just failing or falling because I can't read it. I'm 43. What's that? Falling. falling. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying to read it, and all the letters are looking the same to me. I'm, I need to get some. Uh, I'm, maybe I'm getting to that point. That and my my. Uh, usually, guys, when I'm reading my notes, I'm, they're in font like 11, so I can see here, and sometimes 13, so I can see them really well. This time, I have my actual Bible in front of me, and I'm squinting. So, uh, and I have an underline there that's uh, kind of coming over that. They'll keep my feet from falling, that I may walk before the Lord in the light of the living. You know that that comfort of walking in the Lord, no matter the craziness that's going on. David knows who his help comes from and the peace that he has. There's, there's nothing that man can do to him. Uh, Wearsby uh, had this. He said, the highest purpose of prayer is the glory of God. So as these prayers are being uh, just, these prayers are being written as, uh, as songs here. And that, that quote, the highest purpose of prayer is the glory of God. This prayer is being written out to God's glory. That's what it, what is he saying here? That I might walk before the Lord, uh, before God, in the light of the living. God is the one that gets the praise. God's the one that gets the credit for being the help, right? That's I, I love that. The highest purpose of prayer is the glory of God. And as he's writing this prayer, and we see that coming in in fifty six, we understand the focus of who we're supposed to go to is God, that He would get the glory. Psalm fifty seven. Prayer for safety from enemies. You notice a theme? Like I said, uh, some of these are going to sound similar, 
But as we press through, these are different situations that David was was facing uh, as he's uh, going through things. This one specifically uh, was uh, reflecting upon when he fled from Saul uh, into a cave. That running into a cave rather than, you know, we can get to a place where we think where you got. okay, so the silliness of us trusting in something to protect us, right? You know, have you ever uh, had a kid that, um, you know, is pl- trying to play hide and seek from you and uh, they'll like hide behind the curtain and you see their full silhouette through the light or whatever and you have to act like, it's it's hilarious, isn't it? Because you're like, nope, can't find you. Where are you? You know, it's that, or you hear them giggling, you know, for us to trust. Remember, uh, as the scripture says, you know, those, uh, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I will trust uh, in the name of the Lord, my God, right? You know, it's that thing. Like, I can trust in that people aren't going to see me. I'm, I can trust in whatever. David's writing this from a cave, but he knew the cave was, that was just a place that he can go and seek the Lord, you know, the, the refuge that he has in the Lord. But it's just a place where he's not out in the open. He knew the cave wasn't going to save him, but God putting him there, uh, he could be in a safe spot. So as we're reading this, uh, we understand kind of a context of, uh, what we're studying. So uh, he starts this uh, this psalm the same way. Be merciful to me, to me, O God. Be merciful to me, guys. If we're going to cry out to God for anything, we don't cry out to Him and, and just say, "God, you know I've done my best, and you know I've done, you know that that no, it's just I, please give me your mercy." Cover me with your mercy. Cover me with your grace. You because if we start crying out to God. All we can start thinking of is how bad we are, right? And how much we don't deserve from God. But if we cry out asking for his mercy, that's the best cry we can have. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until the calamities have passed by. Didn't we just sing that song? Your love, O Lord, in the shadow, and I will find my trust. Find my trust in the shadow of your wings, right? Sorry, songs. I I love songs, and and God uses them in a powerful way in my mind, but sometimes to verbalize that, you guys physically watch me struggle and and get to audibly hear it too. I'm sorry, but, um, you know, the shadow of your wings that he's just saying, you know, I'm facing these things, but I know, guys, think of that, right? When you're a kid, when you're small, and, and something's going wrong, where do we run? Mom or dad, right? Boom, just grabbing right a hold of that leg. That is going to hurt me. That's going to scare me, right? Or, you know, that's going to take my life. I'm so scared. Wrap right to him. You ever been um, lost in an amusement park as a kid? <laughs> I remember I, I, I did a ride. Uh, I think it was, I don't know what ride it was. I was like seven, eight. And I remember my dad, um, uh, my dad and my older sibling, I think I was probably the only one that wanted to ride it. So I went and rode the ride. And when I got off, my dad was here and I got off on this exit. You know how that can happen? Like you have this exit and this exit and just start screaming, crying. And I'm like, ah! you know, that was, it was a, I, I just think I'm lost in, in Florida and I'm going to get taken away and never see my family again. Right. Some sweet lady comes to me and as she's consoling me, she's walking me around the corner and I see my dad and I'm like, you know, running to him. You know, it's just like, ah, and he's like, what is going on here? I just I probably walked away 10 feet in the other direction. And that that feeling of being lost, I needed to be in the shadow of the wing, the wing of my father, uh, that there would be a refuge there. Verse two, 
I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. You know, God is, is might, when we sing uh, mighty to save, you know, that God, God will um, uh, protect us. He hears us and he will uh, send his word. Uh, we see in the scriptures that he even sent angels to protect his people. There's stuff that happens in our lives that we're not even aware of. Uh, of God preserving us and saving us. We, we studied that a little bit this morning, didn't we? You know, where we were, we were talking about Saul of Tarsus, where uh, he's on, on, the, on the road to Damascus ready to just kill Christians. And he meets Jesus, and he's blinded. And as he's blinded, and he gets the very simple instruction, you need to go there and wait and, and just be there. And as he's there waiting and praying, God is preparing Ananias uh, to to uh, just uh, go and encourage him and to pray for him. And God tells him in a vision that, hey, there's going to be a man named Ananias that comes to you. He's going to put his hand on your shoulder, and he's going to help you. He's going to pray for you. You're going to receive your sight. There are those things that are happening that God has control of that we we have no control of and no ability to to make happen in our lives. We just need to trust him and let him take care of the situations in front of us, and he will send and save us. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. That those would be the things that would deliver, his mercy and his truth. Verse 4, my soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. I mean, that another situation that David is facing here um, where he knows Saul and his men are after him. They want to kill him. David has gone into a cave and he's not praising the wonderful cave that nobody can find him. He's in the cave crying out to God uh, as the one that would preserve him. And he uh, he knows that he's among lions, you know, that those that would devour his life. And uh, you know, I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire. They are rageful and they are ready to get him and kill him. These aren't his buddies, you know, set there, uh, whose teeth and spear are, are spears and arrows and their tongue sharp sword. And then he goes and he, he is praising God. And the whole situation, how does he deal with it? Verse 5, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. Uh, they have prepared a net uh, for my steps. So uh, in verse 5, he goes, he's saying, yes, all of this is around me, but I'm going to praise God and I'm going to trust him. And he continues uh, in verse 6 and says, they have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me into the midst of it. They themselves have fallen. Um, you know, he, he is speaking of, uh, okay, I've got this going on, all this craziness around me. Be exalted, O God. You know, not be exalted, O anxiety, and be exalted, O fear. You know, he's saying, he's if we're asking God to be exalted in our hearts and we're praising God in our hearts, those things are going to melt away. Those things are going to, uh, you know, when, when our focus is on Christ, you know, I've said it before, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth, the struggles of earth, the the the, the wars and, and battles of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. 
as we're looking upon Christ, everything else, and our fo and then our focus is right, and we can praise Him even when we're in a cave. You know, we're there, and and uh, we, it's the only place we can run into uh, for a refuge, just in a quiet place, shutting the door in our closet and saying, ah, God, I'm crying out to you from my cave because this is the only place where my heart can be still and I'm not seeing and hearing all this craziness around me. I can go to the Lord and praise his name and I don't have to worry about all these other people that are, are around. And God takes care of it. Just like David is saying here, they spread a net for me and then they get stuck in it, right? You know, if anybody's here, here's a hunter. You don't want to get caught in your own trap. That's kind of counterproductive, isn't it? You know, that's uh, the goal is to catch your prey in that, you know, but when you spread the net out so that the prey sees it, right? <laughs> the prey sees it, I'm going to be like, what is that? And then you forget about it because you're so murderous in your thought, your mind's so crazy, you're going to get caught, fall in that own pit yourself. Uh, verse 7. Here is another one to meditate on. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. You know, steadfast, that means immovable, standing strong uh, in Christ. You know, my heart is steadfast. You know, that's that's a bold statement. You know, when, when David is talking about all that's going around him, God had given him a steadfastness in his heart, an immovability in his heart, that as he's facing all this crazy, when he's talking about lions, uh, you guys have heard me talk about the, the, the lions roaring. I can't even get that out. It must be Sunday night, right? Um, uh, but just just that you ever looked at a lion? You ever like seen it up close and everything? Horrifying. They're massive. Tigers? I'm not even going to say it because that will distract from the study, right? How big they are, right? I was going to say bears, lions, tigers, bears. You know? Just just think about how massive these things are. That's why I didn't want to do it. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. You know, I didn't mean to warp your mind and bring you into the, what is that Dorothy show? Um, Wizard of Oz, right? Big, intimidating beasts, right? What he's saying is these guys are like beasts that want to take my life. But my heart is steadfast. Uh, steadfast, oh God, my heart is... He says it twice. My heart is steadfast, oh God, my heart is steadfast. It's immovable. I'm standing in God. You are my strength, is what he's saying. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute, uh, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. That, he's talking about praising God in song. He's in a cave, hiding from his murderous father-in-law. And he's like, I want to praise God right now. That man is, he's got a steadfast heart of praise toward the Lord, and he's trusting God. He knows he's, he's been anointed as king, and he knows that it would be wrong to strike you know, Saul, who was, was the prior king that he's going to take over for, but he, and he had the, op the, the opportunity to do so, right? And he had to rebuke the, the followers that were around him saying, you got him, you got him, go ahead and get him. And he's like, he's the Lord's anointed. He had, he had a fear of the position that, that Saul was in, that he wouldn't strike Saul. I mean, this man's heart was steadfast. There were times when we know that David was overwhelmed by sin, and he committed great sin in his, uh, in his life. But he also, when he commits sin, would confess it to the Lord and repent of it. I forgot what verse we're in. 
Uh, so he, he, he's talking about in the midst of a cave, he's talking about grabbing a harp and, and, and making uh, songs to the Lord. He wants to be able to praise the Lord. Verse 9 says, I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. He's making that declaration knowing God was going to deliver him from the situation he's in, right? I will. What he's saying here, I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. You know, that's give praise where it's due, right? When the Lord has delivered us from the craziness that our life circumstances have presented us with, we have to turn and thank God, right? Prayer time is always popular. The praise time is always forgotten in our hearts. There are often, I can't say always, but often forgotten. Where we'll be, oh great, that worked out awesome, and we'll just go along. Have we publicly said, hey, let me tell you what God did. We come to church. I got to tell you what God did in my life. To praise him that he would get the glory, right? I love these psalms. Like I said, sometimes they may sound very similar because they are, you know, and David is just writing this circumstance is going and, you know, I've got this surrounding me. I got all that. But when we look at the central focus of what, as he's writing, where does my, you know, I lift my eyes up. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. <clears throat> That's what gets us through. He's, I should say, he's what gets us through the circumstances in life. You know, the, the pain of being betrayed by a close friend or that the enemy uh, might be looking to devour our lives or devour our hearts or our minds. Go to the Lord with it and be like, God, this is overwhelming me. I need you to take it. Take it. It's not too big for him. And God tells us just to seek him in it. So he's so gracious to us. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for your word and the encouragement for us to be steadfast in our heart toward you lord that the the you know as we even sang uh, the the uh, jesus reigns though the waters rise again you know when we consider the waters in our lives and the, the floods that can come or the disaster or or the attack whatever it is help us to have a resolve in our heart from you and to be steadfast, immovable, walking in you and trusting in you rather than getting our focus on our fears and the circumstances taking our faith away. Uh, and our, sorry, our minds away that would shake our faith or um, help us to, that would cause us to turn away from you, help us to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you, brothers and sisters.